Inside 20, for those who desire to hunt close. Brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia, Big Jim's Bow Company, Gunshy Archery, Vantage Point Archery, Custom Kings Traditional Archery, and Triple T Strings. Inside 20 is a separate entity from our sponsors. The information shared from each podcast are the beliefs of the Inside 20 associates and the guests participating. We're definitely in the middle of nowhere. The country is just phenomenal. I'm excited to introduce tonight's guest as a selfless leader within the traditional community who has dedicated many years to growing the brotherhood. He is also a fearless leader in TBG, and without him, the Inside 20 podcast likely wouldn't exist. We'd like to welcome Mr. Vance Henry. How you doing tonight? I am doing great. Thanks for the introduction. I'm doing very well. Been looking forward to uh, talking to you guys. Yeah, we love it. We're excited about what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, really, what we want to cover is one, uh, just the drive for growth with traditional bow hunters of Georgia, and just your vision and what's uh, focus coming into this day, closing this year and hunting season, and going into 2024. And then also, we've got our big state shoot. It's going to happen in May, so we want to hit on that, and then just hunting in Georgia with a trad bow and talk about stories. We've got a lot of okay. feedback from listeners, and they love stories, and they love details, just like sitting around a campfire, so we'll give them what they like. Okay, perfect. So tell us first about yourself, where you're from, and how long exactly have you been toting the traditional bow into the woods? My name is Vance Henry. Um, I was born in Augusta and grew up in Marietta and went to Kennesaw State. That's where I graduated. I have been hunting with a bow since I was about 15 years old, but I have um, only been hunting with a trad bow for about nine years. Now, a funny backstory, my parents, um, when all of the siblings, when we turned 18, they had a portrait of us painted. And we got to pick the environment that we were in. And uh, my brother, he's in a suit and a, you know, in a, in a chair. And my sister's outside by some flowers. I was uh, leaning up against a white oak tree holding a recurve bow. So I had the mindset of a traditional archer as a teenager. And dabbled with it, but then would just revert back to the compound. But I've always had the mindset of a traditional bow hunter. Absolutely love it. It's a good story. You still have that portrait hanging up somewhere? You know, there was a funny joke with that. So we, we downsized my parents. Um, my dad passed away this past August. And so the siblings got their portraits. Mom wanted to know who wanted our portraits. And I'm like, you know, we don't really want them hanging in the house. So it kind of bounced around between the kids' bedrooms and uh, ultimately ended up in the attic upstairs. A walk-in attic is where that portrait currently, currently lies. Uh, when we moved into this house, my kids stuck it in our bedroom. Uh, my wife and I's bedroom and uh, her name is Krista by the way and so that was funny we left it in there for a while but ultimately it had to find its way to the uh, to the attic it's big it's a big it's a big portrait good and maybe you move it back around when they're not expecting it when they're out of that's town right or something. Yeah, that might be uh that might be all right we could sell them at the, the TVG meeting yeah there you go it's a good idea like a silent bid <laughs> yeah silent <laughs> we're trying to raise money <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's great. That's a good start. That's a good way to start. I like it. So what exactly do you love most then about hunting with a traditional bow? It's a simple question. Long answer. I guess the biggest thing about it is, um, is, is simply, is simply the challenge of it, right? It's an acquired skill. It is not instant gratification. It does take a while to get good with it. It takes daily practice. You know, it's not something you're just going to put down and pick back up a year later and be able to shoot it. It is, is an acquired skill, and I take a lot of pride in that. 
I love the way they carry in the woods. I love the beauty of the wood. I love the weight of the bow. We're close range hunters. And so I absolutely just uh, love all of those things. But I'll tell you what else I love is the people that are around traditional bow hunting. I've just never met such a more open, welcoming, grounded group of folks than traditional bow hunters. I mean, just they're just a, they're just a great. Yeah, they are. I have talked about that a few times in some other podcasts, and that's really probably why I've continued on in some of the lower lows that I've had in different seasons. You've got guys that are willing to build you up and are positive and encouraging and then also willing to give their time, which I've learned now later in life, being a, a husband and a dad, that time is something that is almost more valuable than anything, and you're not getting a lot of it. It didn't seem like in my current season they're making more of it. So that aspect mm-hmm. to me, if you're willing to give that, that's one of the most selfless acts I think you can you can do. And there's plenty of people that I've run into uh, within any kind of traditional bow hunting realm that are doing that. I agree with you on that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to the state shoot for the first time and uh, I met so many great folks. One that stood out to me that I keep in contact with on a pretty regular basis is Al Chapman. And man, he has he has really inspired me to to push myself. And I think he's a excellent guy. And, um, you know, it's it's it, it it really amazed me, you know, how welcoming he was uh, in particular. And it it was it was really nice and refreshing. So, yeah, there, it, it, it is uh, a good group of folks that that attend these things. And there's a lot of really good guys that are very welcoming and willing to tell you a lot of different things about traditional bow hunting. If, if Georgia had a hall of fame for traditional bow hunters, I would be the first inductee. <laughs> no question <laughs> yeah, about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Stand up. Super guy. Yeah. I'd vote on him. Love it. It's great. All right, we're going to change it up. What do you do full-time professionally? I am a uh, I am the vice president for a company called Advanced Industrial Mechanical or a industrial and commercial HVAC um, full-service business. So we do preventative maintenance as well as uh, capital project type work with focuses in hospitals, commercial buildings, um, Chick-fil-A's. That was a joke. That's good. Hopefully, <laughs> soon we'll, we'll work on that, right? That's right. Industrial sites is a big one. <clears throat> um, yeah, professional office buildings, all that good stuff. So that's what I do. Everybody's probably wanting to know, is there any big updates coming down the pipe for TBG that some folks that aren't as plugged in may not know about? As far as events or an update? Both, all the above. Are you, you pick, events or updates. Well, we have a few things. So... Some updates, we have we have an election this year, I'll say that. So we have some people interested in the zone reps. We have somebody for the editor's position, but we, we still need a secretary treasurer. Lee Camp is, is resigning because he has just put, put more time than anyone into that organization, and he's just going to step away, and he's willing to hang in there for a while until this next person gets acclimated. So we had the election coming up. Same with Gene. He's, he's uh, resigning for the same reason. Um, both those guys are just great, great guys to work with. They're so easy to work with on the on the officer's front. And um, we have two big events coming up this year. We have our state shoot, which is going to be just in a few weeks, uh, May 19th and 20th. There are a couple of changes with that state shoot um, from last year. We'll get to that in a minute. And we have a big banquet coming up this year as well. Um, that's going to be uh, 
July 22nd. That that was very well attended last year, and we expect to expect it to be well attended this year. Anyway, looking forward to all of those events. Regarding the state shoot, so one thing different about this year than last year, we had some feedback on having a non-competitive shoot, and so that was not very popular. People wanted to have some kind of competition. We were told that our attendance was down somewhat because they knew we weren't going to have competition. Um, so we're going to have a lot of competition this year, um, as you know. So you know, Matthew is uh, for the audience. He's he's on a is on our committee, traditional bow hunters of Georgia committee. Um, but we're going to have four courses set up. One course is going to be an Ironman contest, which will be a lot of fun. We'll have one course for a individual challenge. Not a not a not an Ironman challenge, just individual course or in, individual tournament, and then we have a team competition as well. And uh, I think those are teams of four. So we have those three courses that'll be competitive with trophies awarded, um, and then we have a fun course. And so that's what the state shoot's going to look like. We've got a lot of novelty shoots. You know, last year we had a we had a pig, for example, that was a little too thin and the hole was a little too big. This year, if you love busting arrows, this is going to be the place to be. So we have a pig that is smaller in size three times as thick and the hole is about the size of a tennis ball from what i understand just good good luck bring lots of arrows to shoot at that one it'll be a lot of fun and uh, last year we weren't we weren't breaking any arrows and it was hurting our feelings so uh that's not going to be the case this year there'll be zero resistance when any any arrow hits that thing yeah there's gonna be some broken arrows for sure there'll be some broken arrows yep it's gonna be fun yeah absolutely so what if um what if someone doesn't shoot traditional bows um, and and they want to come and maybe maybe give it a shot? What what how would you uh, how would you welcome them? What would you say the best course of action for them would be? Um, I've never met a traditional guy show up at a state shoot and only has one bow. Everyone has multiple bows. You know, Big Jim is going to be there with bows on display. Everyone there. This is this is you know like we were talking about earlier how open how how, how welcoming the traditional bow hunter crowd is. And so if someone wants to come. And learn how to shoot a trad bow, we can make that happen. We will put a bow in that person's hands. We'll put arrows in their hands. We'll walk out to the fun course or the practice range, and we will we will we will mentor them and get them started. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I know everyone's very willing to help. So, um, so now I want to talk to you about some hunting. We've talked about the the shoot. Can you tell us about some of your most memorable hunts? What you like to hunt? Well, I love to hunt whitetail. I love to hunt pigs. The last few years, I've changed gears a little bit. I used to go to Wisconsin deer hunting. Um, I did that for 12 years in a row, and uh, it was very good to me. I shot a lot of nice bucks. I shot a really nice buck with a recurve as well. And um, But I wanted to start putting myself in different environments. So I started changing gears. Went on some elk hunts. Um, I've been on two moose hunts. And my most memorable hunt, of those non-whitetail hunts has got to be last year's um, or two years ago uh, our moose hunt in Alaska because I was with um, a good buddy of mine from Ohio his name is Eric McKee he is the owner of um, Great Northern Quivers purchased that business about a year ago and so he and I were in Alaska together on a non-guided hunt you know just dropped off by what's called a transporter and uh, basically a taxi service for hunters just spent 10 days out there together in the woods and it was just a ton of fun. We ran into moose. We ran into some really nice moose. You know, the campfires at night, we were hearing the wolves almost every day. 
at night they were across the river so they didn't they didn't bother our hunting at all the river's big too it's a 200 200 yard wide river big river so it was fun to have them in the area and listen to them but that was just a great hunt you're hunting where potentially no one's ever hunted before you are definitely in the middle of nowhere the country is just phenomenal we were in fairly flat country so there's no glassing involved it's really calling getting on a big meadow and just calling a lot but we had a we had an awesome time. Just had a fantastic time. Going back again this year. Ten days. That's a that's a good long while in the woods, or it is in the wild at least. So the the story with that, I was at a uh, PBS banquet in Wisconsin, and Monty Browning and Brian Burkhart were giving seminars that day. And by the way, we'll talk about Burkhart in a little bit. But anyway, they were giving seminars that day, and I sat in on that class, and Eric McKee sat in on that class. And uh, Eric and I had not met up to that point. And that night, all the PBS folks are at the hotel um, bar. Eric's sitting at the bar. Um, there's one seat at the bar available, and I go take it, and it's next to Eric. And so we just struck up a conversation. And we said, hey, what was your favorite seminar? And he said, well, I really love the moose hunting one. I'm like, oh, that was my favorite one too today. And so he was like, I'd love to go on one of those moose hunts, but none of my friends, either they don't want to go or don't have the resources to go, don't have the drive to go. And I'm like, my friends don't have the resources or don't want to go or don't have the drive to go. We literally shook hands right there on the spot and said we're going. And it took two years to plan it out. There's a lot of moving pieces. But we went and we're going again this year. We've elk hunted together twice as well. He's turned into be a really, really good friend. Here. He did, did he? Yeah, yeah. I would, he's got an open invite. We'd love to get him down here. Yeah, he's a, he's a great fella. Yeah. He's got a bunch of cool stories about moose hunting too. Yeah. Is this an area that you are going to that has a limited antler restriction? Or is yes. it okay? 50 inch. So that, that plays a big part trying to make a final decision when you got bulls that are uh, at that you know threshold of I'm not really 100% and they're, they're coming, right? It does. So we've got phenomenal footage of one that's probably 48 inches we've talked to several people we've showed them the videos and everyone's saying between 48 and 51 or 52 but we made the right call you know we didn't know i think he's i think he's closer to 48 personally but you know i haven't seen a ton of moose in the wild i've seen a bunch but i think he's a 48 incher we just had to sit there and just watch him i mean we called him in off of a cow, came across the meadow, went into the woods, popped out right in front of us for uh, at about 12 yards or so. We both had broadside shots wide open. We just had to, just said, nope, not, not going to do it. Not quite sure. But it was a great way to start that hunt off. That was like day one. I mean, it was right off the bat. It was awesome. Wow. I think I listened to that podcast you shared. That was on one of the uh, Broken Arrow podcasts, wasn't it? And you talked mm -hmm. about it being in camp, too. It was right there in camp, wasn't it? Yeah, a couple of days later, that one showed up in camp, along with the bigger one that we chased around for a while. You guys uh, want to hear that story, you need to go check that podcast out. It's a good story. Some studying and some, um, some really being comfortable uh, with what you've learned to, to make that judgment on, is it legal to shoot or is it not? Especially for folks that don't live up there and don't see moose all the time, because you see a 48-inch moose, I mean, that's a, that'd be a big, big one to us Georgia fellas. Yeah, it's a big moose. 
yeah, the guys that go a lot just say, don't look for the 50-inch moose, look for the 60-inch moose. And he'll stand out like a sore thumb. You know, it's like a whitetail. When you see one that's got an enormous rack on it, you know that's the one I want to shoot. Moose is going to be the same thing. It just you just can't, you just can't guess. Uh, the other thing is four brows, right? So it can be fifty inches wide or four brows. So that would make life easy too. You just got to you just have to identify those brows, and then you're good to go, no matter how wide he is. So if you had to pick one animal to hunt, I guess for the rest of your life, something crazy happened, and you only could pick one to hunt for the rest of your life. What would it be? Why do you think you would pick that animal? So it's a good it's a good question, and it's not it's not an easy question to answer. The whitetail are just so prevalent and so enjoyable, and they taste fantastic. If you've ever had that Monty Browning recipe for the backstrap, you just look at deer differently. They're just like T-bone steaks walking around in the woods. That's an absolutely fantastic recipe for a backstrap on a whitetail. I just, it's my favorite thing in the world to eat. Now, when I shoot a moose and I have that same backstrap recipe on a fire in Alaska, I'm going to feel that same way about the Alaska moose, I, I promise you. The environment that you're in for that moose is just so cool. You know, it's just not something you're used to. And if, if you only had one option, if I could go every year and money was not a factor and all that good stuff, and I was limited to two weeks, I'm, I'm probably taking the moose. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know if I could blame you. When you're, uh, let's say you're in the woods in, in Georgia hunting whitetail, what do you think your average where you feel comfortable shooting, shooting from, you know, we're the inside 20 and that pretty much sums it up for us. And I like to be even closer than that, but where do you feel comfortable taking a shot? Well, wherever, wherever I come, wherever I think I'm going to get that shot, but I like it under 15. I mean, I just like them close. I like it close. The closer, the better. I have shot a nice nine pointer a couple of years ago. That probably was 20 or 22. It made a phenomenal shot on it. But everything else has been really under 15. The, the closer, the better. Yeah, I a lot changes the, the farther out it gets. A whole lot can happen. And I've realized that over the past three years, man, every yard definitely makes a difference. I mean, there's just so much that can happen. I mean, mm -hmm. these animals are so fast, especially whitetail. They're just so quick. Even as a compound shooter, I, uh, I was shooting everything under 20 yards. I bet I've only killed three deer in my life over, over 20, certainly over 25. So even then, I was shooting everything under, under 20. But yeah, I, I, love them. I love them 10 to 12 yards is really my, my sweet spot for, for deer. Close. The closer, the better. That's, uh, that's for sure. That's right. Of course, you do have some limb interference when they're too close to you. That's another whole challenge that uh, we have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with my compound, I missed one at five yards with the compound one time. So close, you know, <laughs> isn't always better. I can admit that. I'm, yeah. Those, uh, those wounds have healed, so I can admit that now. But there's a sweet spot in there. Yeah, I shot a doe last year. I had to camp my bow completely sideways. I was getting some interference with the tree where she was and I, I don't remember exactly how I was positioned but just had to do you know whatever I had to do doop, we got it yep so do you have I'm any uh, tips for younger guys um, when it comes to hunting family or professional life balance because that balance is very important 
people always talk about work-life balance and it gets overlooked a lot. Um, what are your tips for balancing your, your hunting life and your hobbies with uh, your personal life? Inside 20 is brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia. Head on over to tradbowga.com for more information. And by Big Jim Bow Company, the place for custom bows, handmade leather goods, and much more to meet your traditional archery needs. Check them out at bigjimbowcompany.com. Gunshy Archery, perfect custom-made quiver for both two and three blade broadheads. Check them out at gunshyarchery.com. VPA Broadheads, precision machined one-piece broadheads, two and three blade mode is available. Check them out at vparchery.com. Custom King Archery, the best price on the best traditional archery products since 1972. Check them out at customkingarchery.com. Triple T Strings, created champion level Flemish and endless strings for hunters and target shooters using the best materials. Check them out at TTT Strings on Facebook. That's a great question. The very first thing I would say is make sure you have, uh, for us hunters, you have an understanding wife or an understanding spouse. That's number one. You need to recognize those red flags pretty early. (laughs) Now, you got to have an understanding wife. But you also, you have to know when you're hunting too much, right? So for me, if I'm traveling and I'm gone Monday through Thursday and I come home on a Friday, I'm not hunting Friday evening, right? That would just be rude to me. I'm not going to do that. I don't want my wife giving me uh, the silent treatment for two or three days. I want her still loving her husband. So I'm, I'm going to recognize when, when it's appropriate to go and when it's not appropriate to go. Lucky for me, though, she, she was born and raised in a hunting family. So her dad's a big traditional bow hunter. So that helps me out a ton. No question about that. Understanding wife, knowing you're going too much. The work-life balance, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. It's just something you come to appreciate more as you get older. You know, I'm, 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 at, I'm at work educating a lot of the younger guys about that work-life balance. It's nothing for them to want to leave at four in the morning to go somewhere. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not leaving at four in the morning. I'll, I'll, I'll get there when you guys get there a little bit later, but that's okay. As far as, our, as, far as the professional balance, it's, it's hard to explain. You just, you just appreciate it as you get older that you, you, you don't want to work too much. It's also nice to have a, a good career, do well in school, work your way up so you get plenty of PTO. That's a big one too, right? Five or six weeks, you can hunt a lot with that. That's good for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's so easy to get honed in on a specific deer or whatever. It's so easy to to put all your focus on that and it's like, okay, I need to be out here this day, this day, these next three days are going to be perfect weather for me to be in the woods. So sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's good to realize you need to take a step back from that, especially when you get honed in on something. I know the way me and Matt do at least. Yeah. People say, you know, what's the best time to go hunting or fishing? And you know, when, when you have time to go, that's the best time. But there is no doubt I watch the weather. 
especially around here. So if you got the fronts coming in, whatever the whatever the case may be, you know, I want to be in the stand at certain times. There's no no question. So I'm I'm curious. It's nice to have a job too. You have that flexibility that you're not tied all the time there. And I have that opportunity with with, with what I do. That that plays a big part. I live off a, a calendar of my personal life, and we've had to do that more and more as Emma's gotten older. And so we'll write all everything out, right? And we make plans as to like logistics with her and anything after school that's got to take place or after work. And it's funny because I do the same thing. We'll watch the the weather. There'll be audits to that schedule sometimes during the season where I'll send a text and uh, it and sometimes I get good responses and understanding, but you know, depending on what it is, it's like really yeah. we're gonna ask for another shift in the change, but it, it's hard to try to pinpoint those days to go. If you can't go each day, like Tim said, you're trying to pattern a certain animal or deer. Yep, I agree. we can talk about we've all had those unsuccessful hunts what's the best way to create mental toughness hunt doesn't end the way that you want it to you know whether it be a missed shot or unsuccessful after unsuccessful hunt how do you uh, how do you push through that there was one hunt in particular in Wisconsin, I was on a slight dry spell with a compound. This was eight or nine years ago, nine years ago probably. I changed to a recurve, and I took a recurve bow up there, two of them up there. One's hanging on the wall right there. One's in the shop. Missed a really nice eight-pointer and was very, very frustrated. I'm like, there's no question in my mind. And I had an opportunity at another really big deer, huge deer, that I know I would have been able to shoot with a compound. And so I'm like, man, I'm getting frustrated. I'm frustrated. And so I ended up texting Matt Schuster. Matt just simply replied to me and said, we are not perfect predators. That was his response. Man, that just makes really, really good sense. He'll probably claim that he, uh, you know, came up with that himself. But, you know, me knowing Matt, he robbed it from somewhere. No question about that. We are not perfect predators is absolutely stuck with me. I think it's going to make for a good article at some point when I write it. But I just stuck in there. It was patient. Uh, lo and behold, had another opportunity at a really nice 10-pointer and got that one. He's sitting, he's sitting right there. That's one way is I, is I use that. But the other way is... I've just come to realize that these hunts are not my, my last hunt, right? So many people want to say, well, I'm going to save up for that once-in-a-lifetime hunt. I don't have that mindset, so I'm going to go again. And I just realize I'm going to go again. I'm going to get another opportunity. I'm just going to have to be patient and wait, and wait it out. It will come. It will happen. And uh, so I just know that it, I'm, I'm going to get another chance, and I need to be patient. That's the biggest thing. Be patient. We all have to be patient as hunters. It's uh, easier said than done, but we have to be. Yes, we do. It's, sometimes it's not just days. It can turn into, into years. I mean, it's, <laughs> patience is, is very important. 
staying motivated through all that. And on that, that same note, you know, the mindset changes a little bit. As bad as we all want to shoot something, just being in that environment, you know, now that I'm going to the Midwest elk hunting more and going moose hunting more, the journey is the deal. Because you're, you're hunting an area that you have not hunted before. It's a whole new skill set. There's a lot more preparation, a lot more focus. So that's a, that's a win. Being there is a win. Telling the stories, I've got some great stories with moose. I will always have those stories to tell. And uh, I'll always wish that I would have come home with a moose or two. But they're still fantastic stories. And so... You know, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that and don't leave with my just just depressed. I'm still optimistic and know I'll get another crack at it. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes absolutely. Sense. Let me ask you this. On that hunt, did, is there anything that you, any kind of lessons that you learned when you missed that deer? Or was it just, uh, you just reiterated patience is sometimes the best thing to have? Yeah, just patience. It, it, what was frustrating is it was it was two bucks that I that I absolutely should have killed, and I'm like I'm I'm starting to second guess myself on on being a traditional bow hunter. I was patient. Two more days, it all it all happened. Not only the one that I missed, I was uh, I was on the ground too. I, it was really cool. It was I was in a bunch of briars right next to a huge stump. I had a four pointer probably five feet from me earlier that morning. It was just a great hunt, and then I just ended up just missing. I'm like, man, oh man, what is what is going on here? What am I doing? But I hung with it, hung with it, and it worked out. It was a very valuable lesson. It's great. Yeah, it often does, as long as you stick with it. Sometimes it's not that immediate, but it is tough in the moment. It is. Uh, it is very, very tough. tough. You get frustrated. I mean, it's but it's a. Uh, we're not doing it because it's easy, right? None of us do it because it's easy. We're not. We're not easy and self uh, instant gratification people. And that's, you know, that's one of the draws to traditional bow hunting. I want to be highly efficient with it. You know, we've got members of our group, TBG, that are very, very, very good. Dendy comes to mind. I don't know how often that guy misses, but it's not very much. Anyway, so he's, he's probably one of the more efficient ones. I know Buck is really efficient as well. I want to be the same. I want to be highly efficient with it. The, the misses just make make you humble that's it that's yeah. it be a good bumper sticker i want to hit on the state shoot again because i want to drive it home for anybody that is on the fence and even if you're not in georgia we've got people that have shown up in previous years uh, from florida surrounding states there's folks that will make a long drive to go to this shoot and there's been a lot of energy put in to try to continue to uh, make this shoot more inviting and uh, more opportunity for like fans hit on targets and competition and prizes there was 3d targets that were given away competitions at night uh, a lot of great guys you'll get to meet and network with it, which to me, that's the most important part. And you bring your checkbook because like Vance said, big Jim is there and there's other booths that you can buy things and uh, maybe you just don't tell your spouse if you got to do that but it's okay because sometimes ignorance is bliss but i promise you this shoot will be worth coming to it's going to be a, a great it's going to be a great time it's in forsyth georgia and i think each year the goal is to continue to grow it and just realize that and when you come to it you know you hopefully will invite more people next year 
and realize that it was worth the trip. I've uh, started going probably about, I think, three years. I've gone three years now and been a part of TBG and the connection with some of these guys longer than that. And they kept pressing me. And I thought to myself, you know, in certain seasons that if I was going to put time it was going to be during hunting season, right? Like there was things to do, whatever. There was stuff I could be focusing on because some of that stuff maybe got neglected during hunting season. But I promise you, it will only, one, uh, make you better uh, because you're shooting at different targets, not the same target you set in your yard, that you're taking the same path or the uh, multiple targets and, and doing the same exact shot sequence. You got that. You got the benefit of meeting new people. You never know where those relationships might go. There's that opportunity just the aspect of you know doing something different if you have not been to a 3d type of shoot and especially a traditional uh focus but i've also seen people with compounds there too so if you're on the fence and you got a compound nobody's going to make fun of you now there might be people try to convince you to you know try one of their traditional bows like vance said and shoot it uh, maybe after a few rounds but nobody's gonna give you a hard time Uh, i've seen it all and i think vance would attest and so would tim to that that it is worth the investment of time is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday till about lunch event. And so if you've got any of those days open on that May the 19th, 20th, and 21st this year to come to Forsyth, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, that was well said. I don't think I could do any better than that. I do think there's going to be some Florida shooters show up. They probably think they're better than the Georgia shooters. And I'm going to have to say that's going to not be the case. But we'll find out. We will absolutely find out. I believe the uh, Omnivore Quiver folks are going to bring some crowd with them um, that was not there last year. So that's good news. And, yeah, we'll have plenty of people to help out. So these, these just like the banquet in the state shoot, um, the officers, we started doing by um, um, calls every other week. And so bi-monthly calls. And... Um, to plan for all this. So we take notes of last year's shoot and we get feedback from our members and we say, okay, what could we have done better? And so we address all those things. So we're correcting some issues we had last year for this year. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do a post post shoot meeting again this year and we'll make next year's even better. Um, but it's just going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. And um, I do believe we can grow this organization. Uh, no question about that. You know, we're about 200 members strong now. Um, we can do a lot better. I'm convinced of it. I think we have a good plan for, um, um, we're going we're to develop a good plan, but we're on the right path to developing a plan for retention of our members. And um, I, I know we can make this a, a large organization, but the state shoot's just a great event. It's a lot of fun. Um, we'll have some food there. We'll have some biscuits in the morning. We'll have some donuts. We'll have some coffee. We'll have some water. We'll have a uh, companionship. Um, mentors there you've got to have a mentor when you're starting traditional bow hunting you just do you have to change the way you think about your strategy of hunting um, so this is a great place to meet those folks that you were just talking about Matthew um, awesome time it is and you really if you're a member of TBG or you're thinking about becoming a member and you've you've connected you started being a part of this group and you don't invite somebody new and you're coming to this shoot this year, uh, we're going to be disappointed if you hear this message. You need to invite somebody. Invite a few people. And and I promise you, uh, you will not regret doing that. Uh, And we'll be happy that you did as well. Absolutely. 
We, we appreciate you uh, supporting us. <clears throat> having, a Thank you. having a mentor is, is very important, um, and it is a great place to find one. Um, I was lucky to find one 15 minutes down the road from me, and he persuaded me into picking up a traditional bow. And I don't know if I could have, with YouTube, maybe I could have done it. I don't know if I would have stuck with it, but I mean, picking the bow and tuning the arrows alone is, is a challenge. Um, so having someone to, you know, to help you along is very important and being there when you inevitably fail, you know, because we are all going to fail eventually having someone to talk you off the ledge is so important and a mentor, a friend, whatever, someone that you can get into it with is, man, it's so valuable. I think it's one of the most valuable things. And honestly, that's, that's what this is all about. You know, fellowship, you know, hopefully we can, we can all uh, be there for each other, connect with the Lord and, and have him be the, the focus of all this and, um, you know, have fun shooting. It's a, it's a blast to just go out and shoot your trad bow. You know, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah, and these novelty shoots we have too to complement everything else. We we have the the pig shoot that we talked about. We'll have the Pope and Young shoot, which is uh, five or six targets that you shoot um, from multiple stakes. We have a uh, eagle eye shoot, which is a long distance shoot. Um, they're a ton of fun. And you you mentioned the coon shoot Friday night. You're just shooting at a, a neon ring, um, no lights, and so that's a lot of fun too. So we have a lot of fun stuff. We got a serious course. We got a fun course. We got a tough course. We got a team course. You know, if you can't find something to do there, then I feel sorry for you. Lots of stuff going on there. We're excited. Big Jim is coming back. He's been a a faithful vendor for years and years. And then Omnivore Quivers being there for the second year this year. Um, excited about them coming back as well. It'll be fun. Yep, having them there is nice. I know Big Jim. He lightened my pocket last year, so maybe he'll do it again this year. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. I'm going to put my money that uh, you will spend some more money with uh, with Big Jim. I'm sure I will. That's awesome. I bought a bow. I bought a bow from him. Saying it over there. I wanted a Bear 59er. Everyone needs a Bear bow, right? If you shoot yeah. traditional archery, you've got to have one on your rack anyway. And I've got a couple over there, but I did buy a 59er from him. And I had him put a leather grip on it, which is awesome. Sweet. Yeah. You got to. You gotta you gotta come. Everybody's gotta come. Yep. Yeah. It's been great talking to you tonight. I can say that we're both really excited to come to the shoot. Hopefully we can take some time and shoot with you when we get down there. I guess I'll close us in prayer and we can call that a wrap. All right, sounds good. Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for letting us fellowship over your wonderful creation, Lord. I pray that every time that we, we go into the woods, Lord, we know that, that you're behind it all. And it's a blessing each time, Lord. Lord, I pray that we can honor and praise you in all the things that we do. And please keep everyone safe in their travels as they go back and forth from the state shoot, Lord. And uh, once again, honor and praise you with the things that we say and do, Lord. I pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Vance. We appreciate yeah. your time tonight. Thanks. We really Man, do. I appreciate it. That's right. The 2023 Georgia State shoot will be taking place May 19th to the 21st. 
It's going to be hosted again by the Deer Creek Traditional Bowhunters Club. It's in Forsyth, Georgia at 184 Bobby Floyd Road. There's going to be competition ranges totaling of 50 targets. There'll be free camping too with room for RVs and tents. Unfortunately, there's no hookups, but you can bring a generator. You can also bring ported water with you. It's minutes from a hotel though. If you don't have a tent or you don't want to stay in a camp or you don't have one in Forsyth, there's classes that will consist of men, women, co-ed, primitive youth, and kids will do team competitions. There's an Ironman course this year. There's a bow hunters challenge. There's a competitive novelty event with prizes. And then there's a trade blanket all day Saturday. So bring stuff you want to trade or maybe something you want to sell to somebody else or you might even want to buy something. So bring your wallet with you. The coon shoot will be Friday night at 9.30 p.m. Uh, there's novelty prizes that'll take place on Saturday and Sunday. Shoot will start at 8 a.m. Saturday. There's vendors that will be there, including Big Jim's Bow Company and Omnivore Quivers. Any additional vendors are welcome. Just let us know. Just send us an email at TBG. Individual members will be $30. Member families will be $60. Individual non-TBG members will be $35. Non-TBG family members will be $70, and there will be food available on site. So please come join us this year and bring a friend. Bring a couple of friends. I promise you it'll be great. The Inside 20 guys, we're going to be there. We're going to be greeting everybody as you come in. Uh, we'd love to shoot with you. If you've never been, please come. If you listen to the podcast and you do come and we've never met, please make sure you stop by and introduce yourself to us. We'll be excited to meet you. Can't wait to see you there.